Hi everyone, welcome back to the second episode of the Facing It podcast. I'm Jasenia. And I'm Parissa. First and foremost, we want to give you guys a big thank you. And by you guys, we mean like, I want to say the less than 20 people who we <laughs> <Yeah>. saw <laughs> listening to the episode. Our dear loyal friends and followers. I want to give a special shout out to, or shout out to my Greta friends because I texted them saying that the episode was out and like I know my friend Jenny was like listening it at work and I don't know it just felt good seeing that there was like such a positive response to it. I also want to give a shout out to Lily who texted me when we was coming out constantly like telling us like when's it coming out I'm so excited for this commenting on our posts say thank you so much real Marvel fan over there love you. And shout out also to that one person in Germany. Oh my gosh, yes. We were watching our analytics and there's like some guy or some girl, we saw some person in Belgium. Yeah. Who was listening. So I have my suspicions. I don't know if it was one of my friends, but thank you either way, regardless. <laughs> also make sure to check out our social medias. Instagram is at phasing in podcast and TikTok is at phasing in. All right, do we want to get into the episode? Yeah, I guess all that being said, let's get to it. All right. On today's episode, we are going to be battling it out between James Gunn and Taika Waititi. We are basically just going to be comparing their uh, styles, their cinematography, music, seeing who is the better comedic director when it comes to these new comedy Marvel movies and these new shows that they're coming out with. Um, I guess something we want to say is that while we are like, you know, arguing, you're going to take a side, I'm going to take a side, we're going to battle it out, but we don't want to like pin these two against each other forever. Like they're both amazing directors in their own movies. We love them both equally. Um, Guardians wouldn't be Guardians without James and then Thor Thor Love and Thunder and Thor Ragnarok wouldn't be what they are if it wasn't for Taika. Yeah, I feel like I've watched more Taika content and Jasenia has watched more James content Mm -hmm. and it's just us justifying like why we think um why we love the content that we watch yeah and we also have so the way we're going to be doing this is we have three different battles so the first battle is going to be music so we're going to be each talking about for me James music choice and like his projects like Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, and The Guardians you're going to be doing the same thing for Taika yeah for um all the Thor movies that he's done jojo rabbit and the influence on other and his other works as well um and then i think the next battle is cinematography yes which is very big but in very different ways for each of our directors um and then the last one is an open debate so if you want to bring in any other movies any other big off box office things because i think we both agreed no indie stuff yeah that's like you know we'll save it for the third round yeah so Anything is fair game in the third round. So there's three rounds, two out of three wins. All right, let's get it started. Okay, so first let's give you a little bio. So I'm going to be battling on behalf of James Gunn. James Gunn was born August 5th, 1966, meaning he is currently 55, soon to be 56. Um, He got his undergrad at St. Louis University and then his master's at Columbia University. Mm. He's educated. Hello. (laughs) What I didn't know is that he was formerly married to Miss Pam Beasley, Jenna Fisher, and he's currently engaged to Jennifer Holland, who plays Hardcore in the Peacemaker series. So, Carissa, do you want to tell us a bit about uh, Taika? Yeah. So, Taika Waititi was born August 6, 1975. He was married to Chelsea 
Winstonley for seven years, and he is now engaged to British singer-songwriter Rita Ora. He has a bachelor's degree from Victoria University of Wellington. He's mainly known for his works of recently Jojo Rabbit, Thor Ragnarok, and Love and Thunder, What We Do in the Shadows, his first um, film debut, Boy, Hunt for the Wilder People, and recently Our Flag Means Death, both as an executive producer, I believe, and director of the first episode. Okay, so we've given you bios on both our people. Um, if you haven't picked us up yet, or if we haven't said anything, Curso's obviously doing Taika, and mm -hmm. I'm obviously taking James. So with that being said, let's get on to the first battle. Okay, so like I said, first battle. The first battle is music. Music. So the, the way we're arranging it is that each person is going to have up to three minutes to justify their side. Um, that being said, Taika is going first. So Carissa, Taika, music. Ready? Oh my gosh. Go. Where do I begin with Taika's music? It is amazing. Everything is one of the first things talked about when it comes to his films. Um, as everyone know from uh, everyone knows from the trailer, um, like Immigrant Song of Thor Ragnarok, Sweet Child of Mine from Thor Love and Thunder, clearly was just blowing everyone away in the theaters those songs became a massive hit right after the films his entire jojo rabbit soundtrack actually was nominated and won a grammy um in favor for taika waititi which is a, a point in my heart when it comes to his um his music soundtrack and his selections he also i also um i also know taika from You're Dead from Norma Tenega, which is the opening soundtrack to what we do in the shadows, both the movie and also the TV show. And I feel like that's just an iconic song that he perfectly chose um, for these mockumentary vampires, <laughs> which I just think was just hilarious. It, out of all the songs, this was perfect. Um, and it really, like, it really shows the wide range of music that he likes to choose he said in interviews that he loves to play music based on the mood of the scene he has music playing 24 7 when they're when they're filming his um his shows and his movies um i believe for thor love and thunder whenever uh gore was on screen or in like the picture he would play songs like the shining soundtrack to give off that menacing feel to it so that everyone was in like the vibes it was purely for the vibes basically <laughs> um and he would play more rock songs when it whenever thor was on screen so um that's my <laughs> that's my justification for his music it's mostly like rock stuff but he also understands that different characters have different vibes and tones to them so he uh, he basically chooses the music that would best fit the character. And now that I'm done, Jasenia, why don't we take it off with... Okay, yes. Mr. James Gunn. First of all, let me see. The Peacemaker soundtrack is amazing. Do you want to taste it? Is the I don't know if you saw the intro with the whole dance number thing. I've seen clips of the dance I number. I love that so much. And then the song was amazing choice. Also, Foxy Shazam. Like, hello. Like... I haven't heard that song in this, like so long, and like your, I think that's something where our directors have in common. It's 
they're heavily like rock influenced. Mm-hmm. But not only that, they have songs like James Chill songs by the Poodles, Tiger Tales, Cruel Intentions, like very like I don't know, like not popular songs, which I feel it Taika does. Like who doesn't know Led Zeppelin, who doesn't know Guns N' Roses? But anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> I love and like I don't know how else to describe it like it's such a good soundtrack it plays to the character that's what I like like he chooses songs that the character will listen listen to and not songs that are based off you know what's happening also I feel like anyone can agree with the exception of obviously Taika which is why we're like battling this Mm -hmm. out but Guardians has such a good soundtrack that's why it's called the awesome awesome mix um because he chooses songs to the time and i think well i forgot what song quill always listens to god i have the cassette tapes at home like the actual cassettes yeah. i bought a cassette player just for so that i could listen to it uh and be in the moment like peter quill would be but like mr blue sky just like obvious songs that play so well to the time because quill is stuck in what the 80s mm-hmm. so he's it's like just very obviously 80s stuff um what else do i want to say i feel like james holds his own with this music like i don't feel like i need to justify much um something that everyone always looks forward to in guardians is the music choice that they're going to be using and i can't wait for what they're going to do in the christmas special oh that's right they're coming out with the christmas special volume three and i just think it was amazing and one thing that i will say that plays part to both of us is the music choice when thor and the guardians were there together yeah was impeccable um but yeah other than that i don't think i have very much else to say james just holds his own okay so carissa you've done your side i've done mine i guess now it's time for the rebuttal so anything you want to say about james (laughs) <laughs> um, I can't agree with you. I actually do. Um, I do love all of James's, um, all of James's, James's choices. Like I said, I do own both of the awesome mix um, uh, cassettes, and I listen to them all the time on my cassette player that I bought purposely just for them, mm-hmm. uh, just so I could feel immersive in his world that he created with um, with Guardians. And um, while I love Taika so much in his music choices i feel like he picks um just one or two songs that does end up being super popular whereas james have a lot more songs under his belt that really ad- help advantage to the plot but i think for you it wasn't i don't know if it's Tycho's fault but i don't know if you heard that in order for them to use immigrant song it was like <gasps> five yeah. million so i don't think there was much in the budget yeah. for any other music <laughs> true if he was gonna but, do one song I'm glad it was immigrant song. I'm glad it was and I'm Led Zeppelin. I'm glad they yeah. ended up um, they paying the money for and it. And it was very well used because it wasn't just used at the beginning; it was used throughout the movie. And oh yeah, the same way it happened in Love and Thunder with Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah, it and was, it ended up heavily influencing the plot. And it was promoted, and I guess it like Taika pays attention. To, I feel like James does too, but it's like more fun. That's why mm-hmm. there's a whole album. But the song correlates to what's going on. So, like, Immigrant Song, Immigrant, they had to leave Asgard, you mm-hmm. know? And Sweet Child of Mine. Obvi- Sweet Child, okay, yeah. Obviously Love, and, like, mm-hmm. obviously both songs aren't really about that, but just the titles, and it was, like, heavily thought. It wasn't just, like, oh, I like Led Zeppelin, or oh, I like Yeah, Thunder it's Rose. not just it's an like, afterthought. It's no, really, like, like um, people were dissecting the trailer when it first came out, and 
the first thing they noticed was Sweet Child of Mine, and it's already started, like, um, having theories, plots based around that, Mm -hmm. uh, that song. So, it does, uh, work to their advantage. Yeah, but that, I mean, advantage and disadvantage, because at the same time, he did spend most of the budget. Yeah. So, there wasn't really room to, like, include other songs that could have boosted that scene, Mm -hmm. or taken that scene to the next level, which is what I feel like James does, is he takes artists who are not really that popular and just puts them on there yeah and i feel like that budget is more spread out and that's why there's a whole like you know soundtrack soundtrack, soundtracks to it soundtracks that people wait literally for it to come out on vinyl cassette and just online yeah i'm so excited now that you actually mentioned it about the christmas special (laughs) and volume three i've been waiting for volume three ever since it was announced um because i'm i think everyone in in consensus they're like I don't know if I use the word consensus. Consensus? Yeah, cons- yeah. Everyone's in a consensus that they're really, what they're really excited about is the, the soundtrack. The soundtrack is amazing. And same yeah. thing with Peacemaker. You're like, go check it out. The thing that got me like hooked is, well, I'm a very big One Direction fan. And they had a rock version of Drag Me Down during one of the scenes. And that like stopped in my tracks. I'm like, there's no way James Gunn put a One Direction song in this. And that's how you use a song. And that's how you play to your demographic. Because there's a bunch of like, I feel like rock is having a renaissance. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah, like a renaissance right now. Where everyone's just kind of like into rock, into the whole like grunge aesthetic again. Yeah. And the fact that he's never left that aesthetic like he's putting rock music into all his projects i feel like it's great yeah so who do you think won this battle i don't know i i I I would give it to james yeah i think james has better music taste yeah i think it it worked to his oh i think it works to his advantage that he was able to use more um to use more of the music um, he's to use more music um whereas taika was like limited in when it came to like being able to use taika i feel like focuses on a song and then like does the entire thing around that song yes versus james does his work like he directs everything and then he does it and then he finds songs that would boost that scene yeah so no actors depending on this one song or no actors like channeling some other thing they're doing their own thing which is all original and then james is going in and putting songs that would boost that soundtrack or boost that scene so i think we agree james is the winner james is the winner (laughs) all right now we are starting the second round we are going to be focusing mainly on their cinematography their style their shots the way they like to shoot their movie and um basically and everything that comes with it so just send you you want to start it off um, one thing I will give it to James about is his like ability to put us in the scene. I don't know if that makes sense, which I know a lot of directors do, but he makes everything that he shoots seem so big. So when you're in the theater, especially, you feel like you're you're there. Like for Quill, when we got his opening scene, when he's dancing through it, and he's very small on screen. So you see his big thing. You see all these monsters in the background. You see him fighting. And same thing with other movies that he's done, like Suicide Squad. We see everyone, um, the suicide, like the second Suicide Squad, they're all really tiny, but they're all going into battle. So you feel like you're going into battle with them. Like they become life-size. Same thing with Peacemaker. Just the whole thing of like, I don't know, like st- stretching. Is that how you could say it? Stretching them? No, not stretching them. Uh, but like widening the shot mm-hmm. so that you're seeing the environment that they're in and you're just not seeing their face um what else for cinematography 
oh my god, I feel like Guardians and both Volume 1 and Volume 2 hold their own when it comes to cinematography because the colors are amazing. The shots are completely amazing. Especially, I give it to him because he has to work with a lot of CGI. Oh, yeah. Obviously, Rocket is not real. Like, <laughs> Gru isn't there. Um, it is very... You give props to the actors and their directors who have to work with that tiny little ball that yeah. they float around just for eyeline. directors, because directors have, like, a vision in mind. Mm-hmm. And you have to, like, instruct these actors on how to act and how to do these things in order to get your vision through, which is something that I think... James excels in and I know Taika lets him do a lot of like free range stuff like he lets him improvise a lot but I think James even though I do think he lets him improvise James has very good directorial instructions for all his what would say actors I didn't want to say subordinates (laughs) the actors um especially in Suicide Squad the one that he directed I thought it was amazing how he brought a comic book to life. Like, if you would see Suicide Squad, like, there's, like, very, like... I'm gonna see it, I promise. It looks straight out of a comic book. Like, you know the comic book text? Yes. So he introduces everyone like that. (gasps) Oh, that's so so cool. It's like, they're coming out, and then it's a freeze frame, and then, like, boom, it stamps on the screen that who they are. And I just love the fact how he, like... Obviously, the MCU and, like, superhero movies are meant to do that. But this is, like, straight out of the comic book. And even Polka Dot Man, you're like, who the heck is this? Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. Polka Dot Man, Rat Catcher, the star, whatever, the evil starfish, whatever. Like, I forgot his name. <laughs> and then Harley Quinn, he gave her a whole new, like, boss girl, like, type of thing where she doesn't need to depend on the Joker. She's doing her own thing. She's fighting evil on her own. Um, yeah, and going with DC Peacemaker is also very amazing and very different because it's a TV show and while DC does have a lot of TV shows I feel like Peacemaker is one of the first ones out there to actually like make its mark mm-hmm. and I feel like it's just so you're saying it's not a CW show yeah it's not a CW show <laughs> um it's HBO Max <laughs> yeah but just like just going back to cinematography the way Peacemaker was shot it's very like not long shots but like you are given the point of view of someone else always you're not like an outsider looking into their lives you're always given the point of view of either like Adebayo which is one of the characters or Harcourt um or one of the other like side characters but you're never like you don't feel like a stranger watching someone Mm -hmm. you feel like you're one of the characters looking at someone which I think it's amazing um so you would say his directorial style is more like immersive yeah I think that's what I'm looking for immersive which for me I like because when you watch a movie I feel like you should feel like you're in the movie um you shouldn't be like watching two actors like it shouldn't feel that way Mm -hmm. you should feel like this is actually happening this is real you're in there with them um and yeah and I can't wait to see what he does with the holiday special like I said Guardians Volume 3 and I also heard that they might be doing I don't know if it's confirmed or not I feel like it is I forgot but I can't wait what he does with Peacemaker 2 and with any other future DC projects that might arise alright okay so I've done my duty and I think I've done James Justice I know I don't know hopefully (laughs) Um, I don't think he's ever going to listen to this so I hope I did Mr. James Gunn justice. So that being said, Carissa, take it on. Cinematography on Taika. Taika Waititi. Oh my goodness. Where do I begin with this man? 
he is greatly known for Thor Ragnarok. And I just want to say this man knows how to use color. He knows what to do and where to really bring out the color palette in it. He's able to, in all of his works, he's able to go from neutral, more subtle tones when it comes to stuff like, you know, um, what we do in the shadows, a little bit of Jojo Rabbit in there. He knows when to tone it down for more serious scenes. And then um, I think it's like a scale. He goes from neutral tones, what we do in the shadows, middle part, which is like Jojo Rabbit, um, and then you get more of the very expressive, um, extravagant mm -hmm. colors, the yeah. very saturated color palette of Thor Ragnarok and Thor Love and Thunder. So I think we can all agree. We all think of the bridge scene of Thor Ragnarok when we think of Taika Waititi's cinematography shots and color palette. He also knows how to shoot a silhouette. You remember that, yes, that yes. scene where he's blaring down his hammer onto the um, onto the bridge, and his eyes are electric blue. We've never we haven't seen that before, mm -hmm. other than the arena scene, which I will get into also. But it's an iconic shot. It is gorgeously captured. Really shows how powerful. Thor has become and he just knows how to shoot a silhouette he brought that into Thor Love and Thunder I'm gonna be a little spoiler warning so for Thor Love and Thunder the main shot that we took away from the trailer was that the shot where he has um Stormbreaker he's basically going in front of the sun right and it's just so gorgeously captured the way that um, it contrasts from like super saturation mm -hmm. to to dark uh, foreground, and it's just it really captures like the mood of the movie really well. Um, I also like to bring up Jojo Rabbit because he knows how serious this movie is, but he also knows how to make it a comedy. Yeah, he it was really well. That's why it was nominated for so many awards. The fact that he made this serious topic, but into a comedy. Because, like, Hitler isn't anything to, like, joke about. But he made you feel comfortable in laughing about it. Yeah. Which is weird, because you think about it, you're like, wait. And he plays Hitler in the movie. Exactly. You're like, wait, this is a... a Jewish descendant. A Jewish playing descendant. Playing Hitler is a, the biggest slap in the face when it comes to... Um, when it goes to Hitler. I believe in his interviews, he stated he didn't do any research... Um, of him when wanting when playing him because he didn't want to give him the satisfaction and when it came to his um shots there were certain scenes if you've seen the movie mm -hmm. like yeah. um the one where his mom yeah he finds out about, yeah. out, about his mom uh -huh. he knows how long to shoot that for to give that emotional impact without giving it an r rating I so it's the it's the strategic placement of his shots mm -hmm. that um he knows how to do he also made it into a comedy so that, you, so that you're laughing at this laughable character because he presented himself so Hitler, he presented himself so serious to um, to the world, wanting to be this larger than life god, basically. Mm -hmm. And the biggest slap to the face to him is to laugh at him, which I thought is really clever with um, with Taika. Off topic, but it kind of reminded me of how in Hamilton the musical, mm -hmm. Thomas Jefferson known racist mm -hmm. it's played by Dovey Diggs yes so it's kind of like the same thing where it's like 
you know he would have been rolling in his grave knowing that one of the most successful musicals of all time, he's in, he's mm-hmm. in it, his character's in it, but it's played by someone who he loathed if, yes. it would, if he would have still been alive. So, mm-hmm. I think, off topic, but keep going. <laughs> no, it, it really helps with, it helps with my case. Um, <laughs> it's that type of um, cinematography that really amps his, um, his style. And as I was talking about Thor Love and Thunder, I bring it back to Thor Ragnarok with the arena scene. The It's larger than life. It's the biggest, like, arena you can see. You have, um, what is it? What were they called? Like, the, the, not dust. It was the... Yeah, like, color dust. Or the streamers. It was a color, it was a color dust. It was a big, um, a big, like... Like, smoke bombs? No. No. But it reminded me of, um... You said Holly, right? Holly, yeah. Yeah, from um, where it's like this almost big celebration and this big... Um, they celebrate like the start of spring, right? Holly Sunday is like the celebration of the start of spring. I believe so. I don't know. I, I don't want to I don't want to quote something in case it's um, incorrect. But um, it definitely gave it a very lively feel into mm-hmm. the arena waiting for this battle that's very anticipated. And we see Thor in his new look for the first time the shots that they have with um Thor on one side of the screen and Hulk on the other very and even though most of it is CGI you feel like you're in that arena mm-hmm. watching this battle um and it's so great and it's just amazing I, I can't I can't give it enough praise for it <laughs> and then um you go into his early works with um with what we do in the shadow with his mockumentary style um that I feel like it was one of the first ones that really that really brought life to that mockumentary style. With with shows like The Office, it's very clean cut with their directorial style. Um, it's the same type of um, cinematography, you know, like sh- um, almost shaky cam, but still a little cleaner because it is an office area. It's an office documentary, so it has to be a little cleaner. This one... It's a silly little, it's a silly little movie <laughs> yeah. about uh, vampires living in New, uh, New Zealand in an apartment. It, it's supposed to be funny. He, lo- he has not that many like bright colors in this film, but it's still hilarious. And they're acting, the writing. He's he was a writer director on that uh, movie uh, with Jermaine Clement. And it amplifies his comedic style because you have um, you have some um, some cam camera people. Mm-hmm. They address the the camera themselves. They they turn it to themselves. They're running away from certain characters mm-hmm. in the film. So you see the camera just like fall to almost fall to the floor. You see it just ba- basically shaky cam from the grass uphill. You hear background noises because stuff is happening in the background. And it's hilarious because of these scenes. Um, if you haven't already, please go watch What We Do in the Shadows, the movie and the show. Um, I know she's been telling me to watch it forever. I've been telling, it, <laughs> I've been telling her to watch this movie and the, sh- and the shows. Also, season four just dropped. <coughs> Ugh, sorry. And it really adds to his, um, his style that he's going for. It's mostly all comedy, but... It further proves this point. He can make a movie comedic, whether it's in neutral tones, whether it's in a mix, or if it's pure saturation, fun, mm-hmm. um, fun comedy. So, I that's my that's my take on Taika <laughs> cin- cinematography. 
and I just love it so much, whatever he comes out with. Um, okay, I guess it's time to crown a winner. Or do you want to do any type of rebuttal? Anything you want to say about James? I do like James's stuff. I feel like I need to see more of his content, uh-huh. like Suicide Squad mm-hmm. and um, Peacemaker. Um, if we want to crown a winner, I feel like there's not much rebuttal. Um, Taika does take the cake on cinematography, <laughs> especially in lore, lore, <laughs> love, <laughs> Thor, Love and Thunder is what I'm trying to say, especially in that movie, the part where they take like the Viking ship and they're traveling to the Shadow Realm to go save the kids. Like that scene where James's hair is just like flowing in the wind and then Stormbreaker is like paving the way through with all the energy. Like it's just so amazing. And especially since shadows were a big deal with the shadow monsters, the way he was shooting, it was just amazing. And the shots he did, especially introducing Jane, which I think had to happen very, like he obviously knew that Jane was going to be reintroduced in that and then taken away within the same movie and within such a short like time frame too the movie was what an hour 50 minutes long i think so almost two hours almost two hours which is not long in the marvel world um so i feel like as much as i love james taika's the winner on this one for cinematography all right we have a winner so it's one against one james has music taika has has cinematography and the final battle is where we let loose of everything anything's fair game so with that being said let's get on to the third battle which is basically open debate now we are getting into round three which is the free-for-all we're gonna discuss anything we want with them and see who wins um i guess we're taking anything's fair game right yeah pretty much so taiko's thruple oh my gosh we're gonna get into that (laughs) okay um (laughs) if that isn't i don't know if you call it nepotism but like favoritism at its finest because what was that I don't know. I didn't really. I only saw the pictures. So I was like, Tessa, I expected more from you. (laughs) (sighs) But if you guys haven't seen the pictures, uh, I want to say last year. Was it during the set? I don't know. On set of Ragnarok? I honestly don't remember. No, not not on set. Not Ragnarok. It was like in between Ragnarok and Love and Thunder. Set photos, not set photos, but photos were leaked, quote unquote leaked. By the paparazzi. By the paparazzi of. Rita, what's her name? Rita Ora. Yeah, Rita Ora. Who is Taika's girlfriend? Are girlfriend they, at the time, like, I think. Like, no, no, long-time partner now. Long-time partner, yeah. So, them two. And then Tessa was there. And, like, Tessa was kissing Taika. And it was just like, wait, what? Like, you're supposed to be going with Rita. And then Rita was there. It was just, it was Yeah, they were, weird. like, in a little alley. Um, Not even an alley. They were on a balcony. Oh, okay. And you could see, like, it was very obvious. I don't know if it was, like, some type of, like, creepy, weird PR stunt. What was that? And, like, I'm gonna just say it right now. I know James Gunn has some very problematic tweets. Yes, those were brought up. And that was the whole situation with him going into Suicide Squad. Yeah. So. And I feel like those tweets get resurfaced with every new project because, I don't know, but. They're trying so hard to, like, cancel him. He's addressed it. Yeah. And I feel like with those type of tweets, I don't know. I'm not gonna comment on it. Um, But, yeah. Just yeah. putting that out there that we know that the problematic tweets exist, mm-hmm. but we want to keep this podcast as, like, light and positive. Yeah, it's, like, um, family-ish friendly. Yeah. You know? Because just off citing, we're in future episodes, we will be talking about more heavy, like, stuff, like mental yeah. health and, like, let's say, what's it called? PTSD within, like, you know, Bucky and 
um, Chris Ep- not Chris Evans, what's his name? Um, um, Captain America, what, yeah. whatever his name is in the MCU, I forget. I'm like, oh, uh, the right. new... Uh, Steve Rogers, there you go. Steve, oh, Steve Rogers, I thought you were talking about no. uh, like the PTSD, new one. Yeah, like PTSD with like Steve Rogers. Yeah. Um, um, what's his name, Chris Walker? Chris uh, Walker, yeah. Is that the name of... Yeah. Yeah, it's but Chris. you guys get it. But anyways, yeah, just to let you know that we yeah. know those tweets exist and... Yeah, yeah, we wanted while we're doing this episode, we do want to acknowledge the stuff that um that they haven't been involved in mm-hmm. and all that. Um, let me see what else. What else can a Jap Tycho with? <laughs> uh-huh. Well, um, he has a lot more fun interview styles <laughs> when it comes to his interviews and his um um and his way of promoting his stuff. Yeah, because I feel like there's a lot more stuff with Tyka than there is with James that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um. Taika, he goes on any type of interview stuff, interview, um, like, questionnaire, YouTube, video show, um, he's done, um, stuff like the, the, what is it, the lie detector test? Yeah. With Rice Darby, which I loved, it was so funny, um, and it helped also promote, um, what is it, what we, um, Our Flag Means Death, which he is an actor on, and amazing please another show that i keep telling <laughs> just sing in a watch uh i have all these also the boys she's been telling oh me oh my watch god the I boys please it just finished season what was it four three three yeah i think three please please i need it. to watch it soon. it is so good and oh god what's his name um pete not, oh god i'm thinking peacemaker now but um i thought you're gonna say pete davidson i'm like what does he have to do with any of this <laughs> um god who homelander the actor who's playing homelander mm-hmm. is um is rumored to be introduced into the MCU. Now, I forgot who or... God, I'm already looking at the text because uh, I sent it to her. <laughs> and I'm like, huh, reason 616 on why you should watch um, The Boys <laughs> the now. The Boys. Um, anyway. But either way, yeah, he's uh, he's rumored to be introduced to the MCU. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dracula. He was, oh, um, he was rumored yeah, to be yeah, Dracula. And me. might I add... This is way off. This is already off topic. We're already way off topic. But, but yeah, he would be a great Dracula. He's already amazing at Homeland as Homelander. Mm-hmm. He is so menacing. He is one of the best, like, super villain. He's a superhero, but he's such a menacing person who mm-hmm. literally, at the drop of a hat, could like switch tones. And he's such a great actor. <laughs> I completely agree. He would be the like so good as Dracula. Um, anyways. Yes, anyways, <laughs> yeah, this had nothing to do with Tyka or James. I just wanted to rant I about love, all the shows. I love the fact that James always put his, puts his brother Sean Gunn mm-hmm. in, like, all his things as, like, the <laughs> most radical and, like, weirdest things <laughs> just to, like, poke fun at him. I don't know if, you know, in the second Suicide Squad, you know that weird, like, weasel-looking type thing? I think so. That's Sean's brother. That's oh James' my brother. God. So, James... Um, Sean, I think his name, I think his name is Sean. He's he always in, in his movies, but yeah, like as the weirdest, in... most wacky characters ever. It's, um, and this little guy from yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh-huh. Okay, I've always seen some resemblance, and I'm like, are they? Are they brothers? And yeah, I just love the fact that he does all this stuff with his brother mainly. And I know Taika did that in this most recent Love and Thunder, where like everyone's kids was in the movie. Oh, like, that was so sweet. Thor's daughter is love, and Thor's son. I think he has two sons, right? Um, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth has two sons. Two sons and a um, daughter. And a daughter. 
they were all in the movie. Yeah, and, like, Natalie's kids was in the movie, too. It was so fun to hear the interviews between them saying, like, at one point, all of their kids went to the same, like, school. Yeah. At one point when shooting. So, it was so fun to see that, um, that interaction between all of them. And I also love how Taika, no matter what product he's in, he always like anything he's like directing or producing or like executive producing or writing he always managed to put himself in it <laughs> he made it a different like a fact he's like oh yeah i'm just that self-centered that i really want to put oh i just gonna i'm gonna put myself into my own work um let me see what else what else helps mr james in his favor um i will say i was surprised to find out that he was engaged in hardcore because i think there's like <laughs> a very noticeable age difference because she's like, I want to say 30-something, and he's going on 60, 56, Ooh. going on 60. Like, no judgment, but like, yeah, I was kind of surprised. I was like, okay. And I don't know. Maybe that's his Tesla Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> his um, tabloid. Anything else? I guess we like expected this to be more than what it is. Yeah. But we're like, when it comes to open debate, like, they're both good directors in their own way. Mm-hmm. I guess just who's the best? Because trying to find like style wise because if taika was to be described as a director he'd be a like a very saturated color mm-hmm. type director but like i said he also goes into his neutral tone so i feel like he's very wide range yeah and then with james gunn how do you wait sorry how do you feel when it comes to his range i of, feel like james doesn't have very much of a range but also with Taika, you can tell when movies are Taika Waititi. Yeah. Taika Waititi, however he you He likes to co-write a bunch of stuff, too, when it comes to these. You can uh, tell when he's put his input in something. Yeah. Which I guess is very important because he has, like, a style. Like, it's the Taika style. Compared to James Gunn, where you don't know who's recording. Or, not who's recording. Like, you don't know that he directed it mm-hmm. unless it says that he's directing oh, okay. it. Which I think it's, like, a jab at James because... I don't know, maybe because... He really doesn't have a lot of things out, mm-hmm. but he's like a noticeable, like he's a notable director, but he doesn't yeah. have a lot of things out. And I think with Taika, having I think even fewer or like around the same amount of like big box office projects out, yeah, he did a good job in establishing his style, and you can tell when Taika, yeah, does something. I do also want to point out that while he also puts in himself in his works, mm-hmm. um they're while they are all comedy he knows when to get serious he's an amazing actor i'm gonna put it out there and while um most people are known for him like um what is for like the thor as korg i love and know him as um as blackbeard from our flag means death which everyone can i hopefully collectively agree was really good. I'm so happy we're finally getting a second season. <laughs> that was the biggest, like, like the biggest, um, what is it, anxiety <laughs> month of our lives. We go from, like, when did it come out in March, and they waited till June 1st to tell us the start of Pride Month, because this, this is a very, um, a very celebratory Pride, like, pirate show. And I thought it was just funny how they decided to do that. But um, he is a good actor. He knows when some scenes are serious. It deals with um, it deals with trauma and um, Blackbeard's um, childhood. And 
I don't know. I just, it really, you really have the same emotional connection mm-hmm. when you're watching that show. Um, and more subtler scenes like what we do in the shadows, the movie, he, um, he plays this like timid type vampire. Yeah. And it really just adds to the comedy effect. But it, you know when, um, he knows when to make it serious and it really f- adds to his favor. I feel like I've already said this, but if, like for Taika, he takes the comic book, he doesn't, I feel like especially in Love and Thunder, he's had it. He made it a point to focus on mythology more than the comic book, which is great because, you know, Thor, Loki, like, it's all mythological. Mm-hmm. But for James, he focuses on the comic book and brings it to life. Yeah. Like, literally what you want. Like, it feels like you feel like you're a little kid watching this. You're like, oh, my God. Like, mm-hmm. it's like literally he takes Pokemon, 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 man, <laughs> right out of the comic book and like, boom, he's there. And it's like, I don't know. I love, in my opinion, I like that style mm-hmm. where you bring what you see on print to life now when you say um because like like i said i haven't seen suicide mm-hmm. squad i'm gonna watch it i promise yeah. um, <laughs> but when you say like it takes it from the comic book is it kind of like a spider-man into the spider-verse type feel where you have the comic right there kind of almost breaking the fourth wall and they bring it out life not or? breaking the fourth wall just like um how do i describe it like i'm trying to think of a scene Okay, so, you know that, like, weird, like, in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, that weird, like, eyeball thing? Yeah. That's, like, crawling all over there? There's a similar thing to that, but it's a starfish, and that's, like, the enemy of... Yes, I think I've seen scenes of that. But, like, when he comes out, he comes out all big and Mm Godzilla-like, and, like, freeze frames, and it's, like, the star. I forgot what the name is. Oh, the the comic book print. Yeah, the comic book print. The the font. The font. Oh, okay. It comes down and stops, and then it, like, freeze frames, and then he keeps on going. And then you see, like, them running into battle. And it's, like, you know how Avengers, like, they're very, like, like, not noble, but, like, it's very very cinematic very avenger or, like there's yeah, no other very, way to describe it. it's very avenger where they go into battle and they're like let's do this mm-hmm. and here it's like a realistic type battle where like they fall they mess <laughs> up they like they're allowed to curse oh my gosh which is i think it's amazing because it brings more of that natural dialogue especially in like peacemaker there was a lot of like cursing and just it seemed more because you know how they always make fun of Captain America for, like, doing his, like, motivational speeches yeah. in the movie? <laughs> this one, like, it is motivational, but it's more, like, realistic. We're like, hey, we're going to do this. You might die, but <laughs> it's, like, all for the greater cause. But who knows what the greater cause is? Like, it's very realistic, yet brought out of a comic book. Very, I don't know. Yeah. You don't feel it to be fictional. Like, I feel any, like, obviously everything is fictional. Yeah. <laughs> There's, like there's no superheroes there's no captain america in real life like we're not fighting evil monsters in new york almost every day mm-hmm. <laughs> but i don't know i feel like i like that way or i like that style that james does yeah where they allow him to do all these damn do you really think new york is becoming like the gotham of of the mcu but why is it always new york i know and like... that area like even for miss marvel jersey city like it's right there <laughs> And even then, like, I don't like how it's always New York. And, like, the fans know there's other people in New York. Mm-hmm. Like, for what's that? For Hawkeye. Yeah. When they were fighting and we're like, oh, Peter Parker is in New York. He's going to help. Or Doctor Strange is in New York. Yeah. And He's going to help. not come out, not show up. I don't know if it's, like... <laughs> they just go onto their balconies sipping their coffee, just like, mm, another superhero's got it. Yeah, like, 
you would ex like I don't know that continuity issue is like <laughs> I just think of like the mortgage rates on like on how low the apartments must cost because they know they're gonna keep rebuilding it after oh my every god, fight the battle. Insurance. It's, oh my gosh. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Like imagine getting like homeowners insurance for like an air like an apartment in that area. Oh my god. It's gonna be so expensive. Um. But anyways, do you have any other like? things for Taika or any other jabs at James? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, like, I really like the um, the points you brought up with James on how his style is almost, like, fresh out of a comic book. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, while Taika does take a bunch of um, comic book plot lines, it doesn't really necessarily um, fall, well, not follow it, but just he doesn't, he's not as accurate to the comic book. He um, goes more into the mythology of it and how it would better suit the character in the MCU rather than from the comics. Mm -hmm. So that is, um, which is also great. Yeah, it you gives know. it um, artistic liberty, and mm -hmm. you get um, you get to really play around with this character because if he were to stay to the same um, narrative, I think it would have still ended up like Thor one and two, mm -hmm. where the plot was like very, very few things happened in that yeah. mo those movies so with a this, lot of nothingness a very lot of nothingness yeah very dull yeah and like i said Taika could do like neutral colors but i'm glad that he was able to bring in these um, larger than life colors to it in the color palette and the cinematography shots so that it would bring more life to this character yeah he knows how to match the color palette and what he's using in that scene to the personality of that character. Yeah, because this is a god we're talking about. Or at least... The, and not like yeah. a like a straight-faced, grumpy god. Like, Thor's funny. He's bubbly. Um, Jane is serious. She's she's a very focused woman. Valkyrie's, like, loose, um, funny, and I don't know. I don't yeah. know how else to describe it. I do like how Taika um, portrayed um, Jane. She's, like, very go-with-the-flow. She lets loose a lot. Yeah. And, like whatever she like obviously she's wearing armor but like in even in the shot she's like wearing sweats you know and she's yeah. a queen and i don't know i think taika does a really good job yeah at that all right um so i guess it's time to crown a winner but i am sorry james but i feel like in our battle of james versus taika taika wins the battle i I also kind of want to admit too, and I think it only um, it only applies mainly because Taika has a lot more stuff out than James, but it doesn't diminish the the work that James has done, and they're really solid pieces. Everything that each one of them do is oh, yeah. very solid, and even though James has more superhero things out, yeah, I think Taika's really established his style of superhero movies, and Marvel notices that those type of movies hit yeah especially after why, thor ragnarok that's why they brought him back for thor love and thunder and whether you like thor love and thunder because of its comedic style you cannot um you cannot disagree that this is purely taika it's a comedy it, it is a comedy. It's a comedy and while you think there's so many like um some people think there's too much jokes i feel like it's um it was the jokes that he wanted to put in I think it was the um, the pacing, or not the pacing, but the the way the movie was cut to two hours. Mm -hmm. If he would have given it an extra half hour, yeah, it would have been the perfect movie. It would have been perfect um, because then it would have been paced out. It's just he was given the time, the 
timeline he needed or mm-hmm. he was given he was given the card he was dealt with yeah so he worked with what he got and it's still purely a taika film so so i think taika wins this one Yay. sorry james but <laughs> we love both of them equally yes and i guess go watch guardians both the holiday special and volume three when it comes out watch taika's season four of when we what we do, what in, we the do in the shadows, shadows is out now on hulu uh, I think the first three episodes are on there right now, and it's so far it's really great. I love it. I I love everyone in that movie, in that show. It's just so great. I was so close to meeting Harvey Guillen, like five feet away from him. <laughs> that man is just gorgeous, I'm beautiful, amazing, oh amazing. God. I'm not I'm not gonna rant more than that, but yes, great oh. actors in that show, and the writing is pure Taika and Jermaine. Um, speaking of future projects, um, we're recording this, what day is it today? The, it is the 20th, July 20th. Wednesday, July 20th, meaning that Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, is this weekend. Yes, um, and sadly we are not going because we got Sadly we're not work. going, um, but by the time this goes out, this is going to come out next Monday, meaning yes. Comic-Con has already happened, but... We're recording this on Wednesday. I think it'll so, be like the last day. Yeah. Yeah. Last day of Comic-Con. What are your predictions for Comic-Con? So I feel like it's very obvious. And if it's not, then we're going to look like idiots. But I really do hope we get the Black Panther yeah, trailer. Yeah, that's the most interesting thing. The teaser thing. at least. Yeah. Um, um, I also hope we get something. I feel like since Miss Marvel is fresh, I hope we get something. The, the Marvels, Captain Marvel. Yeah, because I've been seeing set photos, and um, her costume is different, actually. Teasers, but, something. Give us yeah. something. Throw us a bone. Yeah. Um. What else? What else? I am holding out for hope. It's never going to happen. I know it. But, well, never say never. But I'm doing a prayer circle, whatever, for Moon Knight Season 2. <laughs> it might not. It most likely will not happen. I will look like an idiot here standing on my panel my little pedestal but i want a moon knight season two because moon knight was so good i loved moon knight literally that and wandavision top shows the top shows that marvel has put out at least disney plus wise it is the best Uh shows that marvel had put out on disney plus oscar isaac gives the performance of a lifetime literally everything i also hope that even though again it's a stretch but like a solo wanda movie yeah people i don't, were theorizing on that i don't know what it would be about i don't know maybe it's kind of like you were saying like a black widow type situation i really hope it's not a where black they widow type but situation. then we get aaron taylor johnson oh my god okay i've been i've been petitioning this since day one after um after freaking age of ultron to bring aaron tyler johnson back because i liked his as I, liked quicksilver. His, I liked his quicksilver as quicksilver he could have been faster but you know what we're <laughs> gonna gloss over that mm-hmm. because marvel's improving when it comes to comic accuracy mm-hmm. um but i wanted him in wandavision we <laughs> okay we kind of liked how evan peters was in wandavision okay should I say, like, my theory, the one that I told you? Go for it. Okay, so when WandaVision was coming out and we saw Evan Peters, you know, it's a big real Evan Peters, that's Quicksilver. <laughs> that theory. I I was telling Chris and I told everyone that I thought that Agatha, like, sent for Evan Peters. Not for, for Quicksilver, mm-hmm. but in her mind, she doesn't know who Wanda's Quicksilver is. Mm-hmm. So she, 
I thought before, you know, it got revealed that it was actually, what's his name? Ralph Boner? Ralph Boner, God. Before it got revealed that he was actually just some actor that Agatha got, I thought that she went into the multiverse and grabbed the wrong Quicksilver from the wrong multiverse. Mm -hmm. So when that happened, that was like my theory, and I was dying on that hill <laughs> that, Wanda, that, Wanda, that Agatha brought the wrong Quicksilver. And that that was going to be like the official introduction to the MCU. And I was like, of uh, the multiverse. I was like, oh my God, this is happening. Yeah. But then Marvel got, made me look like an idiot. We got that cop out. But I feel like Just, that was a solid theory if that yeah. would have been true. I don't know if it's comic accurate in any way. It would have been a good transition for like X-Men. Yeah, because. Yeah. Hello. And like uh, another way they could have brought, they could bring back Aaron Tyler Johnson. What I thought would happen is. Um, multiverse of madness or in WandaVision when she's like breaking down um, basically just wanting to um, like when we were getting to episode 8 and she was looking at flashbacks Yeah, I thought we were going to get a uh, like a Quicksilver camera because they were close they were like really close siblings they were really close siblings um, um, Pietro um, or Pietro however you know one yeah. pronounces it she like they went through a lot and he ended up sacrificing himself for what's his name oh, i'm blanking on his for name clint. for clint for there you go hawkeye for clint and clint named his kid like middle name pietro no yeah nathaniel pietro barton. barton and they never addressed anything which was why i was very surprised in wandavision when they actually name dropped him like your brother Pietro, he died in, um, at the hands of Ultron. And I'm like, oh yeah. shoot, they're actually finally acknowledging this years later because now mm -hmm. this is a big part of, of Wanda's backstory. Because Wanda's trauma isn't all just Vision dying a, a bajillion exactly, times. Exactly. Like, it's about, and we saw that in episode eight too, mm -hmm. how literally all the trauma that yeah. led to her becoming what she always was, which is a Scarlet Witch. Which is why I hope they have a solo movie about yeah. her. I was holding hope when Multiverse of Madness um, first came out that we were going to see Pietro or some variation of him. Um, or even Evan Peters. Give me something. Yes, just something. <laughs> Bring him back. He re he deserves a redemption um, because that they did him dirty. <laughs> they did him dirty with that. Um, let we me see what we other so sidetracked right there. I know. <laughs> okay. But what other comic book predictions? Back on, back on track. Um, um, Marvel. Let's focus on Marvel right now. The casting for Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was. I sent Carissa a text. Or not a text. Yeah, a text. Yeah. A post saying that it was rumored that Penn Badgley, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, mm -hmm. was rumored to be casted as Mr. Fantastic. And that John Krasinski was only there because it was like... Fan service. Yeah, like... They saw our fan, like, desire to see John Krasinski yeah. as Mr. Fantastic, and it just gave us that in Multiverse of Madness, because that was the only way they were able to bring him in and, like, take him out really quick. Yeah. Um, the thing I have, if Penn Badgley was casted as Mr. Fantastic, is, if you don't know who Penn Badgley is, he plays Joe in You, and I think he was also in, not 90210, what's the other show? When he was, oh, like, young. Oh, um, Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl, there you go. And he's, like skinny and lanky and like marvel men are known to like bulk up and be like i mean we're talking about a superhero who can stretch his arms yeah and very lanky but john krasinski was also very built in multiverse of madness for like a good five for like minutes. a good five minutes <laughs> but like, he's very like skinny and lanky like i don't know i don't, I don't see know. it i don't i guess that's my thing i don't see it the way i saw it with john krasinski 
people would say, oh yeah, John Krasinski's going to be Mr. Fantastic. Now, I want to, I want to say, I kind of, not disagree, but I have the rebuttal. I can kind of see Mm -hmm. him as, um, as Mr. Fantastic. You're very held on to hope with John Krasinski, which I don't blame you. That was really good casting. Um, If we're going to do it logically, because Multiverse of Madness kind of was very weird when it came to their uh, Uh multidimensional, what is it, themselves, oh god, their variant variants yeah i was blinking on the word (laughs) they're variants because they all look like dr strange Uh whereas when you look at other variants in the shows loki has completely different characters crocodile for one crocodile as as a variant Uh um peter has three variants which is all the other spider-man toby and yeah toby and andrew so it was kind of odd that they did the same they did Benedict Cumberbatch for all his variants so I can see a variant of Mr. Fantastic as um Pen yeah Pen and also the way that he plays Joe in um in you Mm -hmm. is very like analytical Mm -hmm. and very um like very he does know how to play a smart man he knows how to play a very analytical smart man so for the smartest man alive as they like to coin it. I get what you're like I, looking at now. Yeah. yeah, I can see how he can play it, especially since he is like on the lankier side. Mm-hmm. The, um, he can play a really good like um, stretchy villain. Also, he looks short. <laughs> <laughs> In he's my just mind, like out of nowhere, like he's short too. You know, like I feel like who's short? No Marvel guy is short. All of them like should seem I, pretty should, tall, should except for in, like. Should I lead into our second theory? Which one was it? How, who's the guy who played Elton John? Oh my there god. There is a rumor going Stop. around. I, I love that, it so much. Um, give me the name because I'm, I'm terrible with names, guys. I'm so okay. sorry. So me and Carissa were having breakfast and she was like, do you know who is rumored to be casted as Wolverine in like the new revival of because X-Men? Because now that X-Men is being introduced in the, into the MCU with, um, spoiler for Miss Marvel. Okay. Um, so they dropped the mutant the mutation as they say um bomb on kamala basically saying how her genetics have mutated Mm -hmm. and that specific phrase and the fact that they played the x-men um theme Theme in the background while that conversation was happening um goes to show that they're they're most likely going to introduce the x-men somehow somewhere in the future i believe they're going to announce that someone else is going to be taking the mantle of um Wolverine other than Hugh Jackman because I don't think Hugh Jackman is coming Hugh back. Hugh Jackman has did the same thing with Captain America. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Chris Evans has done his justice as Captain America mm-hmm. and now that mantle has been passed to Sam Wilson who is played by what's his name? He Anthony, is, Mackie, Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie. Who is, is now the new Captain he America. He is the new Captain America. He For is, anyone who likes to differ he is no he is the new Captain America. He is not still the sidekick or anything he he's is, not falcon he is captain america and yes. bucky barnes is no longer the winter soldier he is the white wolf yes which i okay i guess because you know how if you guys have looked online like there's a lot of debate going on people calling sam wilson like just ugly names and not acknowledging him yeah and even marvel i guess not i guess not intentionally but they didn't really? advertise him as much as agent carter as or agent carter and, and as captain carter there we go as you know yeah, you get they know the, what we you mean. get the gist. Yeah, so yeah. um, so with this new Wolverine coming into play, people are um, 
the main theory, the main like casting choice would be. Um, so, background. I love Rocket Man. That movie. Yes. Um, on going off of that topic, kind of sidetracking. Me and Chris are gonna go see Elton John's final performance Woo-hoo! at the Dodger Stadium, November twentieth, and. This actor played Elton John and also played Johnny in Sing and Eggie. And he was also in The Kingsman. And literally, he's just a well-rounded, amazing actor. Mr. Taron Edgerton. There we go. That's the name. I love that casting choice. I was such... Like, I was in shock. I was like, oh my god. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, and if you follow um, Boss Logic, who does a bunch of... um, different illustrations for marvel dc um he likes to do a lot of like um like fan illustrations but he has done an illustration of terry right um uh taryn taryn there you go sorry about terry terry cruz terry Terry, um as wolverine like what the the full comic accuracy look and that one thing to note so about good. it yeah. does. One thing to note about um, Wolverine is he is a short superhero. People have um, stated in the past, like one of the one of the few things that they kind of didn't like with Hugh uh, Jackman mm-hmm. is the fact that he wasn't short. <laughs> not representing the short, but he's not the he's not the, yeah, tallest he's not the tallest guy either. Average, but like if you if you, literally everyone's come to the consensus that if he um, if Darren just bulks up a little for the role. He would be the perf, like a really good, and he's already Wolverine. like buff because I guess he had to work out for this like new movie that he's doing, like in a prison, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, I feel like if that is happening, then they're probably filming it while he's already buff, yeah, because you know, they're maybe just like, like promo pics or something. I don't know, but if oh. they announce that, oh, just know my gosh. there might not be a third podcast because I'll be dead. <laughs> I'll have to carry on without you just saying oh, no. Oh my god, that and then what other thing? Um, let's see what else. Let's see, relating to Marvel. Ooh, um, into um, the Spider Verse. Oh, across the Spider Verse. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like we're gonna get another, another trailer for that. A little mm-hmm. teaser. Hopefully, hopefully, Ho- hopefully. I'm casting because we're getting Polka Dot Man. Polka or not, po- not Polka Dot Man. <laughs> oh yeah, isn't it? Isn't that what they call him? don't remember because while there's a uh, similar superhero su- suicide squad there's an actual like polka dot, yeah polka dot villain Anyways. oh god i forgot the actual like i said i'm sorry guys i am terrible with names i'm good with faces not names meanwhile i'm good <laughs> with celebrity names and like pop culture <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i think we're gonna get another trailer for Across the Spider-Verse. I'm so excited for that. The first one just literally revolutionized the entire animation industry. And people are really taking influence from that movie. Yeah. And especially since in Multiverse of Madness, we saw them go into, like, the cartoon and, like, the different dimensions when they mm-hmm. were jumping through the different... Is it, no, they're not called dimensions. Is it called dimensions? Uh, realities. Realities. Universes. Universes. There yeah, you go. Yeah. That was a word. They were going through different universes, and one of them was a comic universe. Yeah. Um, I think people are saying it's like an X-Men universe. It could be because of the... Because the, of the style the of... The cartoon. Yeah. On the 90s. But we know that the cartoon universe and, like, the reality, you know, human earth form universe exists on the same plane. Yeah. So, theoretically, if something were to happen... American Chavez can like go into Miles Morales's like universe. Oh my god! And pull him out into like an actual human form. And we a do... little Ella Enchanted moment. Oh my gosh! No, that's enchantment. Enchanted. enchanted. Yeah. No, that was Ella Enchanted. 
Oh, wait. No, Ella Enchanted is the one with Anna oh, Hathaway. Yeah. <laughs> Enchanted is the one with... Um, um, not um, the redhead. What's her name? What's her Jesus. name? Jesus. Amy Adams. Amy Adams. They're right. Yeah, yeah. Amy Adams. Okay, yes. Um, but we already know that Miles Morales is in the MCU, just hasn't been name dropped because of his uncle. His uncle was actually in Spider-Man Homecoming. The yeah. one talking to Peter in the garage. Mm-hmm. Say, and he stated that his nephew was in the city. And we all know who his nephew is. So, And also, in No Way Home, when... What's his name? Electro was like, oh my man, God, there yeah. has to be a black I Spider-Man know, out so. there. And they just silenced for one second just for everyone to like, and oh yeah. The whole, te- the whole theater was like, Miles Morales, Miles Morales. <laughs> like, we're all just whispering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, God. That is a build. It is a build-up. I feel like they're going to absolutely... Oh, and I think Miles is also in the Young Avengers, too, because they are leaning up to it. Um, but that would have to be... That like, would be probably after some... Um, the human form of... Not the human, but like the... Physical, physical, non two D. The real version of him, not the cartoon drawn. Yeah. yeah. Um, the six, else? the quote unquote six one six, because we have people debating on that <laughs> whether it's a six one six or whether it's six one six or one nine 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 nine. Um, what else? What other Marvel things? Um, let me oh, see. We got that it. Wolverine. Oh, uh, X-Men casting. Werewolf by Night. Oh, now yeah. that is That's something your, yeah. yeah so werewolf by night i'm actually really really excited about because like i said i don't think we're gonna get moon knight season two <laughs> announcement sadly cries but if we are getting more um moon knight content this would be the perfect um halloween special to put them in because um werewolf by night was the first comic book that moon knight came out in mm-hmm. um and now that we have jake lockley into the mix um, he could be a real antagonist in this um, in this movie show. Hopefully, they do him justice. Um, the way the director has um, has done him justice mm-hmm. in the way that they portrayed his character. Mm-hmm. So I really hope. I just want more Oscar Isaac in the MCU. Oh my god! You're so- <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> um. What else? Do you want to go to DC now? DC. I feel like. While it's going to be uncomfortable, DC is going to address Amber Heard and Ezra Miller. Yeah, I feel like they have to. Because Ezra's on something right now. I don't know what that boy is doing. I was was really having like like a little conversation with myself. Do I really want to go see his movie? I love The Flash. I was a very... I love him as The Flash. Yes. I I love Ezra Miller at The Flash. That scene where he like... I think it was in Justice League where he breaks the sound barrier mm-hmm. and he's like, I can only do this once that he like that was such a good scene. I love that so much. But like Ezra as a person? My gosh. Like going on the you run. See, with these kind people, of movies, you're gonna have trash. to separate the character from the actor. And that's what we're trying to do. Um, because we know there are other like directors, producers, people who put yeah. their their whole soul into into these movies. Oh but when it comes to this type of situation with the actors, we do not um we do not support what he's yeah, what, what he's, he's doing. doing. Um, mostly just same thing yeah. with like Amber Heard. Yeah. How ever since the whole Johnny thing started happening, people were petitioning to like remove her from the movie, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Well, you can't remove her because she's a like semi-important character." And I think they confirmed that she was gonna be taken off. Um, but I don't know. They were saying it's like. They've cut her out 50%. They've cut her out, like, 75% of the movie. And then they wanted to recast her, which 
Warner has to get it together with this recasting mm-hmm. because I loved Henry Cavill as Superman. And they did him dirty. And they did that him dirty. That was so sh- like shady of Marvel. Or, I think sorry, Marvel. DC, DC. To, to do that the way... It was kind of like I said a reverse Tom Holland. Yeah. How Tom Holland found out he was Spider-Man through the internet and Henry Cavill finds out that he's no longer um, Superman through, through the, the internet. internet. That is so unfair. And Warner... Um, I'm saying Warner because I know Warner is like the big honcho of mm-hmm. DC. But they do such a good job in casting. Yeah. Like, John Cena's Peacemaker, amazing. <laughs> yeah, like, who would have thought? Who would have thought that this old wrestler, not old, but, like, old school wrestler it, yeah. would, like, be this superhero now. And They're just recruiting wrestlers left and right because yeah. they got The Rock in here now. The Rock is also Black Adam. Black Adam is another prediction that we're getting. Another trailer that they're probably going to drop. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? Oh, Amber Heard. Going back to her. Um... Obviously, we know the outcome of the trial, and we know mm-hmm. where things are at right now. Um, but I feel like the responsible thing for DC to do during their panel is to address it. Yeah. Because they can't just skip around it, because we all know what's happening. At least say, like, we do not con- um, condone the actions of these individuals. Or not they don't condone it, but just explain why they're doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, also... They're gonna. I don't know if it was a fan theory where they were thinking about recasting Amber Heard with Amelia, Amelia Clark. Clark. Is that her name? Amelia yeah. Clark. I feel like that would be okay because. Um, but they would have to announce it. Yeah. That's what I want. I want them to announce it. We know it's not their fault that any of this happened. Yeah. We know that for like probably PR logistical reasons, yeah. it makes more sense for them to like depart ways with the actor, but it's only reasonable too. Yeah, uh, Jason's really close with Amelia. Yeah. So, I feel like that would end up working out if they do end up recasting That natural chemistry would be there. Um, What else? What other DC? Peacemaker 2. That's what I'm hoping for. Peacemaker 2. Or season 2. Something. Give me something. I am excited. Hopefully they start... um, They start giving us more content on shazam 2 yeah i love zachary levi (laughs) i watch i watch these shows for the plot and the plot is zachary levi (laughs) i've loved him since tangled so let me live my dream (laughs) um i think like ever since going back to all these drama with the actors dc kind of like just like was at a standstill yeah because ever since the snyder cup Everyone's like hyped up for the Snyder Cut, yeah. And then everyone hyped up for like all these other projects that DC rolled out, and then all of a sudden stopped. Yeah. Because there was a lot of like drama like, going drama on. going on, and there was a lot of promo for Aquaman. They're like, yeah, I can't wait to shoot Aquaman. Like with Jason Momoa, he was mm-hmm. doing all that. And then I don't know if it's just taboo, like within press to like bring up Aquaman, bring up obviously it's taboo to like bring up yeah. Amber Heard, especially for Jason Momoa. But I don't know. I know, I'm hoping like, that's DC... another movie that I'm like, if she ends up still being in it, should I go see it? Because I don't want to support the actress, but I because you know she's getting money, she's gonna yeah, be she's gonna money be getting money for, for that. But I also don't want to like but discredit the the, the first hard work. Aquaman was so good. it was and the end the end shot with his suit yeah, that oh was amazing. God. I was like, oh my god, that is the suit. I, who would have thought though, that you would get a comic accurate suit? Jason Momoa as Aquaman has to be oh, yes. that, Cap, um, not Captain America, that Henry Cavill as Superman. What else? 
Chris Evans as Captain America. Oh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. Oh Probably God. some of the best casting choices. Iman Vellani um, as, as Kamala as Khan. Kamala Khan. One of, some of the best casting choices. Casting choices made. And, well, the person, I don't know. Yeah. It's up to, I don't know. With things like that, like, yeah, with James and, like, we were able to detach his, like, problematic tweets from his work but with this type with of this thing type of stuff, i don't know I don't really same know thing with what's her name um the one from black panther oh the god anti-vaxxer but you know who i'm talking about yeah uh, the the actress who plays shiri yeah like she is an anti-vaxxer or i don't know if she got the, she ended up getting the vaccine i don't, I don't know. think she did because but, they ended up resuming yeah, the only reason, like, one of the main reasons why they stopped production on Black Panther is because she wouldn't get vaccinated. And, like, I don't know. Um, Black Panther is such an important movie, mm-hmm. especially it's this movie's going to be honoring Chadwick. Yeah. And, like, grow up, you know? Yeah. Like, it's something. This is bigger than you. Especially at, at the time when they were filming, when everything was, like, really going down. Yeah. She was still, like, being such a little like a little child and like i'm not gonna get the vaccine like yeah so what you pausing production you're costing production probably millions of dollars Mm -hmm. because they're gonna have to resume it again when they did yeah i don't know it was just very messy yeah um besides terry netherton as wolverine penn bashley and john krasinski is there anyone else you hope for in the fantastic four God, I feel like oh god, who is it? Oh, is it Jason Siegel that I'm? I, really? I think if I'm thinking about him right, he was from How I Met Your Mother, right? Jason, yeah, yes, and he's so, in the Muppets movie. So yes, that's who I'm thinking about. <laughs> I think there was a rumor that he, they were he was going to be playing Hank as the thing. Oh, I think that was one of the rumors. I was trying and he's for like the longest. Funny was, too. He has the the body for yeah. it too so i was no. i was trying to think of it all yeah. morning i'm like who am i thinking of i have his face i just don't have the the name to go with it like i said guys i am terrible with names but that's yeah jason siegel they are thinking of casting him as hank okay. and they're probably going to introduce him in she hulk <gasps> oh my god jason siegel <laughs> i love that <laughs> listen i love the muppets and i just i kind of love jason siegel his man or muppet i listen to it all the time my friend danny is obsessed with that am song I a man <laughs> or am i a muppet um i guess superhero wise that's is that it i think it is we probably have some other there's probably other stuff oh secret wars secret wars because they haven't announced it right? they haven't announced it but that's but what like we know that they're building yeah. up towards that like that's the next saga it's based around Secret would they announce it because they do have like the undisclosed untitled um avengers movie they have a timeline they know they're gonna we know they're gonna um they're gonna show movies as like the timeline yeah um like they've always done at comic-con mm-hmm. we just don't know if they're gonna have a name to it or if it's just gonna be untitled avengers movie what is it six now mm-hmm. wait gonna... so there's avengers age of, age Ultron, of Ultron, infinity no wait there's no. a there's like there's only four and then endgame oh it's fifth fifth yeah because you got original age of, age of ultron, ultron infinity, infinity War, endgame endgame and then whatever the untitled six yeah. is. but who oh. would be oh uh, you could continue continue no i think it was yeah Cause, no 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 because um i think they're also gonna um they're gonna start giving us shots for 
um, the Captain America 4 movie. That's what I was thinking. Yes. yes. Oh Sam God, Wilson's please. Captain America. Sam Wilson's Captain America. And it's going to be the same director as... Um, God, God, God. Sam Raimi? The, the, no, no, no. The, oh, it's on the tip of my brain. The Cloverfield Project. Oh. I think oh, it's the same. Name? I think it's the same director. Get, we're getting our phones out on it right now. Uh, Cloverfield Project. And then put Captain America. Because I'm pretty sure it was him. Cool. That's going to be... Oh my god. Cloverfield. Project director. Project. It's going to be the same director. And he's going to be directing Captain America 4. Dude, that, that show is going to... That movie is going to be so good. Oh, I can already like... I don't know. Oh, Matt Reeves. Is it? Who's... um? Put down who's directing... Okay. Um, I th- no, I, th- I think it was another one. Directing. Captain America 4. Because I feel like they've Captain already announced America it. Captain America 4. I know. I don't know if it was a rumor, but I heard. I didn't hear. I saw it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That after the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they like confirmed the fourth Captain America. Yeah. But this Captain America movie, it's going to be Sam Wilson's Captain America. Oh, yeah. Is this Carrie Scogland? Hmm. I don't know. Anyways, I can't wait. Yeah. No matter who directs it, uh, yeah. I want to no see matter Sam who's Wilson. It, I probably got lost in in the trail of tabloids, but either way, whoever is directing it, I hope I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a really good movie. It is gonna be a really good movie, and we can't wait to see what Kevin Feige and Marvel and DC and Warner have to offer us. Um, obviously, by the time this podcast comes out, we're gonna know. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Probably do an extra short episode after this, maybe. Yeah. Um, just giving our reactions. And because uh-huh. I know those, day, those days when uh, Marvel decides to drop a bunch of stuff. Oh, my God. I remember the last time. Oh, God. I forgot what. Is this the first Comic-Con after COVID? Mm, I think so. I think they have. Yeah, I think it's the like official. the first one where everyone's going back into the convention yes. hall, and because so I remember, be a big one. I remember um, sometime, was it? Um, I think it was the fall of last year uh-huh. that they announced like all the Disney movies, the Disney project, but they also yeah. announced the shows. That was the a big night because I was in on I was an online class back then, so I remember just seeing marvel coming out um with new posts and i'm like oh my god it's crazy because you remember the time when they were like we're gonna it's projects wandavision the falcon and the winter soldier moon knight and then we got all this for like oh my god i can't wait and like now we're post all that we're post no way home and like just the whole antithesis where like what if Andrew Garfield told me Aguirre comes out oh I don't think it's gonna happen but what if it does but I don't yeah. think it's gonna happen and then it did happen speaking of No Way Home how are we feeling about the re-release what do you think because what's gonna be in it I think just I don't think anything important to like completely change the plot mm-hmm. um, unless they pull off like an Andrew Garfield where like their parents are actually alive mm-hmm. um, because have they addressed where Tom's Spider-Man's parents are like what happened to them no, they never addressed it. But they are... Oh, another thing they're going to... I think they're going to do at Comic-Con. They're going to... Um, they're going to state the plot for Spider-Man freshman year. Because mm-hmm. that's an animated, I believe, series that's going to mm-hmm. come out. Describing how this Peter Parker turned into Spider-Man. Even though we've we've heard the tale a thousand times. But we just like to see it one more time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, yeah, that's it. 
Yeah. Hopefully nothing completely throws us in for a loop. I know they're announcing who's going to play opposite Mahershala Ali in Blade. Ooh. I think they already announced it, but I'm blanking on the name. But I'm hoping we get more. I haven't Blade. heard a lot on Blade. I just know that it's Mahershala Ali. Yeah, <laughs> That's all. I haven't seen that movie, the original. Mm-hmm. So I probably have to. I probably have to watch it just to get the background of this character because you can go into the MCU with a fresh mind. Like we we didn't know who Moon Knight was before the TV show. So and now he's one of our favorite characters. So mm-hmm. it's good to do a little research before the movie. Yeah. But anyways, thank you for listening. And in case you forgot, our yeah. winner was Taika. Yeah, our, our winner for our little challenge was Taika. Just um, just for his expressive um, cinematography style. But and we love James too. We, we love loved James. James and Raimi, literally all the directors. Yeah. Um, thank you for bringing these comic book characters to life. Yeah. Um, tune in next week when we're going to be talking about anti-heroes and villains. So we're going to be talking about all four Jokers. Yeah. Um, uh, Wanda. Wanda. Of Madness. Wanda, Green Goblin, all those. Loki, Sylvie. All those things. We're going to be talking all things anti-hero and villain. All right. So tune Thank in next week. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and on TikTok. And have a great day. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.